to Totalus Rankium. This week, Isaac II Angelos. And welcome to Roman Emperor Totalus Rankium. I am Jamie. And I'm Rob Ranking all of the emperors from Augustus to Constantine XI. And this is episode 151. It's Isaac II of the Angels. Oh, that's why you wanted it like that. What, like with the Angelos thing? Yeah, the end. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I mean, we didn't do it with the Komnenos family, um, but I just like Angelos, so... Uh, Fair enough. Like, I'll, I'll put it in there. <laughs> Consistency, it's what we are about. Definitely. It's a new dynasty, Jamie, a new age. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah. We have just come off arguably one of the most successful dynasties in all of Roman history. Apart from the last one. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. But the common and I did well, didn't they? They, yeah. Four out of five, which the NACs are. That's, that's high. Actually, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. And uh, pretty high marks as well. It, it, it was a solid bunch of either good rulers or crazy enough to be fun to talk about. Yeah. So let's see how the Angelos dynasty does, shall we? Okay. Yeah. We start in the year <laughs> 1156, where a boy was born into the Angelos family, and his name was Isaac. Isaac too. That's a weird name to call your child. Unless he was a second born. Um, no, no, he was something like third born, if I remember correctly. Yeah, we don't know too much about the early life of Isaac. Uh, apart from that, his father was a military leader. Uh, he was one of Manuel's favourite generals. <gasps> Manuel! Yeah, this is uh, Andronicus Angelos, but because there's lots of Andronicuses, I'm going to call the father just Angelos on its own. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. So, Isaac's dad is Angelos, and he was one of Manuel's favourite generals, and Angelos married a woman named Euphrosyne. The two were wed in 1150, and uh, they were soon very busy, having eight children. Way, you know what that means, don't you? That means uh, a lot of probably, nappies. probably a lot of nappies. Yeah. You need to know two of them. One is the elder brother named Alexios III, and, uh, and then obviously we've got today's emperor, Isaac II. But just keep an eye on older brother Alexios. He's got some numerals after his name, which always means something. <laughs> So, things were good for the Angelos family. Uh, Isaac's father, Angelos, was going from strength to strength as a general, but then, when Isaac was in his mid-twenties, his father messed up. Oh no. Because Daddy Angelos was leading a campaign against the Turks in Anatolia, when the Turks managed to trick him, they sent him down a valley and surrounded him, without him realising. Ah, uh, were they the rocks? They were the rocks. Oh. Angelos fled the campaign. Like, literally Angelos, not Angelos's men. Angelos fled. He did a runner. I'm uh, out of here. Yeah, yeah, his army, seeing their general flee, started to panic, as, as you'd imagine. Yeah, it's like, we need you. But one man under Angelos was able to gain control of the situation. Apparently he stood and shouted, Stand fast! There are no enemy forces attacking, so whither are you flying? And everyone went, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So they stopped. But it's too late for Angelos, who who was obviously big, big coward, scaredy cat. That's what he was. A yellow-bellied little... Liver someone. Yeah, one of them. Lily-livered. Lily-livered, yellow-bellied. Yeah. 
scaredy cat. That's yeah. what he was. And uh, what he was got back to Manuel. He was not happy with the actions of his general. He threatened to dress Angelos up in women's garb and then parade him through the streets of the capital. Uh. Yeah. But, being ever fond and indulgent of his blood relations, Manuel suppressed his anger. Because as we saw, Manuel wasn't one to fly off the handle. Uh, so he forgave Angelos. But it's not its not looking great for the family. It's certainly an embarrassment. Mm. Anyway, shortly after this, uh, Angelos tried to have his marriage annulled. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but the emperor, still angry, uh, sided with Euphrosyne. So the marriage was maintained. At this point, Isaac, remember, is in his mid-twenties, but we just don't really know about him. We only really know about his father at this time. But it is at this point where we get our first mention of Isaac in the sources. Because do you remember when Andronicus Comnenos, his wife and children, were captured by Manuel? And Andronicus came to the capital and ripped open his shirt and there were chains and he threw himself on the floor, all very dramatic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, Isaac was in the throne room that day, uh, young Isaac, and uh, he was the one selected to pick up Andronicus and throw him against the throne. Yeah, so there you go. He had something to do that day. Yay. Bet he put in his diary. Bet he did. Threw the cousin of the emperor against the chair today. That was a bit weird. <laughs> I'm off for a pint. Yes, that's probably what he said. So yeah, uh, like I say, uh, Isaac not talked about much by Nicetus, our main source at this time. It's more Angelos at this point. Right. Because a few months later, Manuel died and his young son, Alexios, was put in charge. Mm. Now, if you remember, in his episode, his mother was seeing someone called Alex at the time, and Alex just took over the empire. There was turmoil in the city, and uh, Alex struggled to keep hold of power, uh, and then it was known that Andronicus Comnenos was heading their way with an army. Well, that's never a good sign. No. So, Alex ordered a general to go out and defeat the rebel army. And guess which general was sent? Oh, and and Andronicus. Angelos, Isaac's dad. Yes, Angelos was sent to defeat the rebel army. So off he goes. Um, I tried to find out if Isaac was with his father at this time. It would appear not. You would have thought that would have been mentioned. So it would yeah. appear he leaves his sons, even though they are uh, old enough to go with him. Uh, they seem to be left behind. Uh, so Angelos faced a ragtag group of supporters of Andronicus, uh, and he had with him some crack troops. And humiliatingly, he lost. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's another another embarrassment for Angelos. So he returns to the city, his tail between his legs, fearing that he would be blamed for Andronicus's success. Mm. Uh, one day shortly after he returned, he was asked for the money that he had been given for expenses. It's like, we gave you a whole bunch of cash just to make sure everything was okay. Oh, with yeah. Forces, yeah, and money. you're back so soon. So I'm guessing you've still got the cash, Angelus. Well, the thing is, right, <laughs> there are a lot of pubs on the way. It's more of a pub crawl rather than a battle per se. <laughs> so. Well, Angelus decided he needed to uh, think about what to do. So he conferred with his six sons, including Alexios III and Isaac II. It was decided. It looked like Andronicus was going to take the throne, so why fight him? Why fight for this Alex guy? I mean, who was he anyway? He was just the person sleeping with the Empress, so... You know what? 
keep the money and let's barricade ourselves in the family mansion. And I'll quote here, he undertook to fortify his own house by erecting ramparts. He also won over some of the populace to his side. So they've just shut themselves in. We're staying here. We're keeping the cash. Way. Uh, but it soon became clear that this wasn't going to be enough. There's no way they could actually defend their, their house against armed troops. So the whole family went on holiday. Hooray! Come on, we're off on holiday. They all piled into a car that was too small for them. Angelos throwing the suitcases away that they don't need to take. Uh, where are we going? We're off to see Andronicus. That's what we're doing. Hooray! Yes. Uh, off they went. They met up with Andronicus, who was on the way to Constantinople, and they defect. Andronicus claimed that this fulfilled the prophecy that the angels were on his side. It's like a bunch of angels have just turned up. So, as we saw, Andronicus becomes emperor with very little fuss, uh, but then there was a slight problem. The powerful families hoped that they would gain favour from Andronicus if they supported his coup, uh, but they were mistaken. If you remember, Andronicus hated most of the aristocracy of Constantinople due to them treating him like an outcast for most of his life. So despite the likes of Angelos supporting him, it soon became very clear that no special favours were heading their way. Yeah. Andronicus wasn't going to slip them a bone. Is that a saying? No, that's a very different saying. Throw them a bone. Throw them a bone, yes. You don't, you don't slip yeah. a bone. No, definitely not. So some of the powerful got together and started thinking, maybe this new emperor's not the right sort. Maybe we need some of someone from our stock. And one of the ringleaders of this coup was Angelos himself. So although he defected merely weeks before, he's now plotting a coup. Ah. Um, full support from his son Isaac and Alexios, by the way. They were all in it together. So the conspirators met up outside the city and started to hatch a plan, but they were betrayed before anything could happen. Someone let Andronicus know what was going on. Ah. So Andronicus led forces personally outside the city to where the conspirators were, and the Angelos family were forced to flee. They ran away. Uh, what's the best way to flee? Run! Ah, running's hard. Oh, no, I'd get, I'd get on, like, a donkey or something. Yeah, um, what if you had to get on a boat, though? A donkey on a boat. What would be the best thing that boat could be transporting? Alcohol. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> they get on a barge full of wine. Yay! They smuggle themselves on a barge full of wine. I, I did read in one place that it was the empty amphoras uh, that carry the wine, but I'm choosing to ignore that in my mind. They were down on the harbour, and Andronicus was riding towards them. They had yeah. to choose a boat quickly, and there's like a full-on speedboat yeah. from the future. With armed guards, uh, machine guns, yeah, yeah. <laughs> laser sight. And then next to it was just a, a, a tugboat, a barge, an old... It's a raft with wine on it. Yeah. And an old man and a paddle. <laughs> and they look backwards and forwards for quite some yeah. time. Huh. And they made the one. right choice. They really did. Yes. Yes, they did. Uh, because they escaped. Right. And they were merry as they did so. They flee and they manage to escape the clutches of Andronicus, which uh, most of the other conspirators didn't manage. <laughs> they took the speedboat. <laughs> well, no, no, they were caught by Andronicus. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, because they got on the speedboat, which just didn't work because, yeah, it was a speedboat, but what's powering it back then? Exactly. Exactly. Otters could only push so hard. Exactly. So they were caught and blinded. Hideously, hideously blinded. By the otters or the guards? Uh, probably by Andronicus, maybe oh. involving otters. Um, it would appear that Angelos then fled to Damascus and then Baghdad. His sons remained in the empire, but he's gone. 
he, he's gone. Fair and because enough. this is Isaac's episode and not Angelos's, we're going to leave him there. He does do other stuff in his life, but let's not get too distracted. Let's stick with Isaac. Fair because enough. the next time we hear from Isaac, he is in the city of Nicaea when it revolts against Andronicus. You will remember this from last episode in yep. just a moment. I know you will. Um, because this is the siege where Isaac found himself inside, and Andronicus, hearing that the son of that pesky Angelos was one of the leaders of uh, rebels against him, once more created a cruel and ingenious way to get a battering ram up to the doors. Oh, put his mum on top. Yes. He called for Isaac's mother... Euphrosyne to be tied to the battering ram. Did we call her Euphrosyne before? Euphrosyne, Euphrosyne. Euphrates. Euphie. Euphie. Yeah. Euphie, yeah. how's <laughs> it up there? You enjoying yourself? Bloody cold! Ah, you'll warm up soon since the burning arrows hit you. <laughs> As we saw, Isaac still ordered for the ram to be attacked. Really? Even though his own mother was on top of the ram, he ordered for it to be attacked. But, and this is important... Yeah. For the men to attempt to miss his mother. Attempt to. Yeah. Lads, I'm gonna give you an instruction and I want you I want you to try your hardest to follow it. <laughs> Can you not kill my mum? Okay? I mean it's like I don't wanna tell you exactly how to do your job, so I'm not here to micromanage. <laughs> you are the guys on the wall. And I'm I'm the bigger picture, I know, I know. But if you could not kill my mum, that would be That'd be brilliant. In fact, what I want you to do is get your arrows, write your name on your arrows, so if one does hit mum, <laughs> I know who's done it. Apparently, and unfortunately Nikitas doesn't go into much detail <laughs> at all, apparently this succeeds, huh. and they did attack the ram, Andronicus pulls back, and mother was fine. I just imagine like the battle ram's covered in arrows, just like a perfect silhouette of mum on the chair. Either that, or Euphrosyne was utterly badass and was just catching them out of the air. <gasps> like Loki, yeah. in the first Avengers Yeah. Film. Yeah, just like that. Catching them in her teeth. That's what she was doing. Yeah. Mother! (laughs) As we saw last episode, that night, Isaac orders men to sally forth and rescue his mother, which they managed to do. Brilliant. So Euphrosyne was saved. She must have been so annoyed. So annoyed. (laughs) Anyway, the siege drags on, and then one day, the leader of the rebel forces inside the city uh, is a man named Theodore. Isaac's like a high-up leader, but not in charge completely. Right. Uh, the man in charge in the city was Theodore. He decided it was time to end this once and for all, because he spotted Andronicus doing a circuit around the city. It's probably going to be his best chance, he thought. Theodore leapt on a horse, gathered as many men around him as he could in such quick time, and they sallied forth. There was a lot of sallying going on. Yeah. Andronicus wasn't expecting this. He watched in astonishment as a small but very quick force sped out of the city, just charging directly towards him and his small group of (laughs) bodyguards. Uh, It's like Andronicus could tell immediately that they weren't prepared to stop this attack. They were going to be ploughed into. This looked bad. He watched in horror as Theodore urged his horse on, and I quote, urging it to fly as though nature had furnished its feet with wings. So is this just like a really stubborn horse then? It's like, nope. Oh, no, no, the horse was going for it. Oh, okay, anyway. Really going for it. They came belting out of the gates, they did. Yeah. Anyway, Andronicus then carries on watching as the horse is thudding, 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 and then hits a hole in the ground. Ooh. Yeah, not too far from Andronicus, just watching... 
like a rabbit in headlights, Theodore goes flying off his horse, lands on his face. Ah. Apparently his his back was a little bit damaged. He just lay twitching on the ground. <sighs> yeah, everyone following him kind of went, oh, we're not doing this anymore. We've just watched our leader uh, scrape his face across the ground. Oh. 70 miles an hour. Yeah, I'd like to think he's, he slowly skidded to a stop <laughs> right at the feet of Andronicus's horses, lay, laying facing upwards, just twitching slightly. Yeah. Andronicus looking down. Uh, yeah, Andronicus was then able to send some men to just go and chop Theodore's head off, which they did. Oh, so, uh, probably a relief after that fall. <laughs> meanwhile, in the city, they're watching on in horror, understandably. That's Theodore, oh. our leader, gone. Yeah. Who's in charge now? So, who else? Isaac. Yeah. Isaac can be in charge. He he rescued his mum and everything. You can take lead. Uh, Isaac wasn't too sure about this. I imagine he was halfway through a pint and stuck. What? Sorry? <laughs> who? Theodore's dead. Oh, you want me to? Oh, no, 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 I'm, uh, I'm having a drink. <laughs> I plan for the rest of the day, so, you know, this is a... It's more of a session, to be yeah. honest. It's, it's, it's an all-weeker, I'll be honest yeah. with you. I'm, I'm going to be in no fit state tomorrow to need <laughs> anything. So, yeah. go on, ask someone else. He, he really was not too keen on taking the lead, but there was no one else. So, reluctantly, he took the job, but he had a change of strategy. Theodore was all about holding on and fighting to the last breath. Or the last skin before it gets scraped off his face. <sighs> Isaac wasn't down for that. Instead, he sent word to Andronicus. How about, he says, if we give up and open the city, we all say that it was Theodore's fault. <gasps> like, you can come into the city, we give up, you let me live, and we all agree that it was Theodore's fault, and then we're just pretending that this ever happened. How about that? Everyone put their hands in the middle, quick. Place your hands on top. <laughs> Andronicus agrees. Fine, you can live. That's fine. The doors were opened, and Andronicus, true to his word, took the city and sent Isaac back to Constantinople. No punishments. Brilliant. Meanwhile, one of Isaac's other brothers, this is a brother we've not come across before, uh, his name is also Theodore, Theodore Angelos, um, he was revolting in another city at the time, so Andronicus moved on to that city. Okay, cleaned up this one. Let's go and tackle another Angelos brother. Things didn't go as well for Theodore Angelos, yeah. because Theodore did not attempt to negotiate. Theodore was more of the fight to the last breath kind of guy. A last stand kind of man. So the last stand was had, and it turned out it was true. It certainly was his last stand. Yeah. <laughs> Andronicus took the city. Theodore Angelos was blinded, placed on a donkey, and then sent over the border of the empire into the wilderness to starve to death. Mm. Uh, which he didn't, actually. He was actually picked up by the Turks, who treated him fairly well. Uh, so he lived. Uh, but it's not his story. It's Isaac's story. He's back in the capital. He's probably heard about his brother being blinded and banished. Uh, <laughs> but we don't really know what he gets up to. It all goes, it all goes a bit dark on Isaac for a while. I'm guessing he was waiting for the other boot to drop, though. I was guessing he was just waiting for a visitor in the night to bump him off. Yeah. Because, yeah, Andronicus promised that he wouldn't harm him, and yes, Andronicus hadn't harmed him, but I don't know if anyone's noticed, uh, Andronicus is a little bit unstable. <laughs> He's a li every time he speaks, his eye twitches. It's, yeah. uh, it's disconcerting. I mean, and he, he keeps, keeps cackling yeah. and every he time he says, 
he won't harm me. And then he picks his, 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 his dagger out and just strokes it along his cheek. And he keeps saying the word yet. I mean, really far, far <laughs> after he said he won't harm me. Uh, so yeah. much so, it might be a different conversation. But I can't help but worry. <laughs> I mean, this is about the same time that Andronicus is poking people into fire pits, if you remember. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Andronicus is going off at the deep end. And uh, Isaac's not not too pleased. Then a rumour starts. Oh, it's a rumour that the, well, the Emperor, apparently, had heard that a man named Isaac would replace him on the throne. Oh, I'm guessing Isaac was halfway through a pint at this point. <laughs> oh. And just went, oh... <laughs> Seriously? <sighs> Gonna have to deal with this, aren't I? Oh. oh. Anyway, he probably finished his pint, because, I mean, you don't leave a pint half, half done, do you? No, well, unless there are guards at the door, yeah. There were guards at the door, oh. uh, because the next thing he heard was a man shouting his name in the courtyard outside. He looks out the window, and there is Stephanos, surrounded by armed guards. Stephanos, good friend, close personal friend with Andronicus. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. Yeah, so down the rest of that pint then and go and find somewhere to hide, is what Isaac thinks. Stephanos stays in the courtyard shouting that Isaac's got to come down for a while. Nothing. Silence. Hmm. It's a full-on kind of western scene going on here. Yeah. Eventually, Stephanos gets annoyed and says if Isaac doesn't come down with dignity, he would send man to drag him out by his beard. Oh. Yeah. Points for beard. He's got a beard. Points for beard, yeah. Uh, Isaac, by this point, realised that he's, he's going to have to fight his way out. They'll find him if he stays hidden. There is no other way to leave his house but go through them. He's going to have to fight. So, do you remember um, Two Towers? <gasps> yeah. How the Battle of Hounds Deep ends. With the ride out. On, and he oh, knocks, yeah. knocks all the Urukai off the, the slope. Nicetus doesn't say anyone else was with him, but obviously there would have been other people with him. I'm guessing someone said to him, ride out and meet them, sir. Because they sneak their way to the stables and they get on horses. Uh, Stephanos back to him. He is just about to order his men to go and search the house when suddenly a horse comes bounding out of the stables full pelt. Isaac is there shouting, his sword raised above his head. Stephanos, taken by complete surprise by this, turns his mule. I mean, he's just going around the city. He's not on a big steed or anything. Uh, so he's just turns his mule around to try and get out the way yeah. uh, and starts to, to run but he wasn't quick enough Isaac made up the distance between them in no time brought his sword down and cleaved Stephanos's skull in twain oh yeah like a neg like an egg hard-boiled egg like an egg from there he didn't stop I mean there are lots of armed guards around so he, he bursts through the armed guards just hacks at Stephanos's head and then just keeps going he nice. manages to break out uh, and where to go to? Well, that's the one sensible place. The Hajj Sophia. He needs sanctuary. He's just killed one of the Emperor's best friends. Andronicus is not going to be pleased. No. So he races through the streets, bloodied sword in hand. He makes it to the church. Soon enough, word spread, and a crowd gathered. Because if you remember, this is before the invention of television. And, I mean, what do you do in the evenings? If you hear someone's just murdered the Emperor's mate, I mean... That's going to be interesting to watch. Yeah, you want to go and see that. Something is, something is definitely going to happen from this. So a cr- crowd I want to see his ass pulled out! <laughs> 
Everyone expecting to see the wrath of Andronicus storming down from the palace any moment. It is going to be great. <laughs> uh, Isaac sat in the Hagia Sophia with a couple of cousins and an uncle. Uh, his uncle's name, by the way, John Ducas. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah, the Ducas family are still around. They're still calling themselves John. And so we've got another powerful John Ducas because he comes back into the story. Nicetus tells us that they sat with their teeth chattering in fear, expecting any moment for the doors to be burst open. I'll quote here, Thus Isaacios passed the whole night, not in discussion about the throne, but in prayer that he not be killed. He knew that the flesh-eating Andronicus would sacrifice him like an ox, or savour raw bits of his flesh like Cyclops. Nice. Nicetus does like to uh, embellish a little bit. It's nice there though, that they're sort of talking about like old Greek myths in the same that we oh, talk about they old love Greek their myths. old yeah, yeah, they loved their old Greek myths back then. Yeah, yeah, there is nothing to indicate that Andronicus was a cyclops and liked eating man flesh, but uh, no. maybe he did. Man maybe flesh. he did. However, as luck would have it, Andronicus wasn't in the palace that night. He was in one of the other palaces on the other side of the uh, the strait. So it took a while for him to learn what had happened. So much so that it was dawn before he got back to the palace and heard what was going on. Mm. When he heard what had gone on, he decided to do something about it. Yeah. He was furious. His his mate's dead, and this Isaac, uh, who I thought was a soft touch, because uh, if you remember Andronicus episode, Andronicus thought it was his cousin Isaac Komnenos yeah. who the prophecy was talking about, and it was only as an afterthought when Stephanos said. I'll go and arrest um, Isaac Angelos just in case it's him. So it, it was just an afterthought. So Andronicus wasn't expecting this. He's furious to hear his friends dead. So he gathers men and he goes towards the Hagia Sophia. But as we have seen, things suddenly get far beyond the control of the Emperor or Isaac because the mob who had formed around the Hagia Sophia started to get restless. Uh, Andronicus, by this point, was despised. Um, and here he was, about to kill an Angelos over what, a prophecy? Uh, why exactly are we putting up with this crazy tyrant? And don't forget, as we covered in the last episode, there is a massive Norman army on the way yeah. that has already cut through the Empire like a knife, and they are not far from the capital. Maybe, just maybe, said, said someone, change of leadership? <laughs> maybe it's time. Uh, at some point, the prisons were broken open. Uh, now, the prisons obviously had people who needed to be locked up in, uh, but more at this time, it was political prisoners. Family members of rich, powerful families who disagreed with Andronicus were suddenly free. Uh, so, suddenly, a lot of powerful people were encouraging riots, and the riots start up. Excellent. Yeah, so, down with Andronicus, obviously, but up with who? Well, Isaac's in the Hagia Sophia at the moment. Yeah. I mean, he's the one who started this. He killed the Emperor's friend. So, I mean, he's the rebel leader. Do you remember in the in Nicaea? He led that, didn't he? Sort of, if I remember correctly. Yeah. yeah. And his father, his father was like a rebel leader, wasn't he? Isaac, yeah, said people. That could work. Yeah. Inside the Hagia Sophia, someone grabbed the crown of Constantine the Great that was suspended over the altar and placed it on Isaac's head, and he was proclaimed emperor. I will quote her, Isaacios, for his part, was perplexed by the coronation. <laughs> I literally, I didn't even get to finish my point. That's all I want. And you would not believe how dry this house is. <laughs> I mean, there's all the wine back there, but apparently no one's allowed to drink it. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, I'll, I'll carry on the quote. He was perplexed by the coronation, not because he did not cherish the crown with a passion, but because he suspected how troublesome and difficult it would be to attain. He felt that these events were simply acted out in a dream. So he didn't quite believe it was happening. It's right. like, well, yeah, if I woke up being emperor, great, but really? Me? <laughs> Someone else was saying that as well. Uh, Uncle John Ducas. <laughs> he sat by... He was watching, saying things like, Really? Him? But he's, he's, a, he's a drunk. Perhaps, said John Ducas, maybe it's time for the Ducas family to come back. Yeah? Ducas restoration, maybe. Ooh. Maybe I should be the emperor. Anyone? Nope. No Silence. One? That's a Fine. very loud cricket chirp in the background. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes. <laughs> no, no more corrupt old men was what he was told. We want a young man full of energy. And at that point, John Ducas and the crowd look at Isaac with his pint halfway to his lips. <laughs> he looks up, looking slightly confused. Huh? Like, Sorry, you're talking about me? Yeah, a bemused Isaac was then herded out of the church and headed towards the palace with a large crowd and the patriarch, who's very much on board by this point. Perhaps much to his amazement, he learned that Andronicus had fled. Hmm. So he enters the palace, and he was declared emperor once more, but for realsies this time. <laughs> uh, a few days went by, and soon enough it was reported that Andronicus had been captured. He was dragged in front of Isaac, who ordered the man's execution. Aww. And as we have seen, it was horrific. Yeah. That was not a clean execution. No. Uh, and that catches us up. That's Isaac, now emperor. So what's number one on the list? Normans? Oh no, wait, sorry, silly. A quick pint. Cheeky pint, but then straight on with the Normans. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely got to do that Norman thing, because that's 80,000 men coming towards us. This is a big force. They cut through Thessalonica like nothing. So, uh, I mean, okay, we've got the walls. We've always got the walls, but uh, the city's not seen anything this scary for a long time. Mm. And they're only 200 miles away. Okay, right, what should we do first? Um, I know, thinks Isaac... Let's do what I did before. Let's send an offer of peace. Maybe that would work. So an, an offer of peace is sent. Uh, nope. Oh. Came with a very <laughs> short reply back. <laughs> it's just a massive scroll <laughs> yeah. that was unfurled in front of him. <laughs> Word has returned, sire. So, instead, he found the best general in the Empire at the time, a man named Branus. That sounds like a good general name, doesn't it? It does. Branus. You... You, Branus, sort sort out the Norman mess for me, would you? Me? No, I'm I've, I'm I'm busy. Uh, admin. It's very lots of admin in <laughs> uh, being the emperor. I'll, I'll be in my admin room. Yeah. Yes, the one next to the cellar. That's that's the one. <laughs> yes. If you could just sort sort out the Normans. Yeah. You got you got this. Yeah. yeah. I'm not going to micromanage. I'm not. Yeah. This is this is this is your your time to shine, Branus. Yeah. Slap on the back. Off he goes. Well, the Roman forces that Andronicus had half-heartedly put together uh, were a bit of a mess at the moment. Five separate armies ran by five separate generals. None of them had a clue what was going on. So uh, Branus organised that immediately. Right, everyone now reports to me. Everyone consolidated under him. Immediately everything starts to work a little bit better. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Sicilians, the Normans, after their attack of the second city, had split their army into three. One was to stay in Thessalonica, and the other two were to advance on Constantinople separately, two separate routes. I mean, they had hit no resistance so far, so why not split up our massive, massive army uh, just to get things done quicker? 
They were very confident by this point. The Romans clearly could do nothing to stop us, they said. So due to this, a third of the Norman army uh, came suddenly across a revitalised Roman force (laughs) and were very, very surprised that suddenly the Romans were fighting back and they only had a third of their troops with them. Sir, sir, why are they not running away? They're they're holding their swords the right way round. They flashed a bit of Norman steel and no, no. The Romans weren't running. Damn, blast, they said, as they were being run through. Um, <laughs> yeah, having defeated this third of the army, Branus then immediately wheeled round to track down the second third. Uh, according to Nicetus, by this point, the morale of the two sides switched. Almost overnight, the Romans felt invincible. They have a new emperor, they have a new general, they now are organised, and look, we've just defeated the Normans. Yeah. The Normans suddenly felt lost. A third of their army had been destroyed, and the remaining two halves were separate from each other. So, that's not good. So this time it was the Normans who sued for peace, and Branus agreed, delighted. Great, brilliant peace. That's exactly what we wanted. But after a couple of days, thought, hang on, that was suspiciously easy. They want peace that much, they must be really worried. Let's attack. (laughs) So they did, and I'll quote, Up to a certain point the Sicilians received the charge of the Romans bravely and courageously, and the tide of battle ebbed and flowed, but finally they succumbed to the excessively impassioned charge of the Roman troops. They turned their backs and fled in disorder. So there you go, that's the second third of the army destroyed. Brilliant. Once they were defeated, according to Nicetus, the dogs came to eat the corpses. That's one of those comments you see in the in the sources that make you realise just how horrendous history is. Yeah, and <laughs> no one usually mentions the dogs eating oh. the corpses afterwards, but this was just a throwaway line and kind of well, obviously the dogs came to eat the corpses. And highlights what happens. How how hungry the dogs were as well. It's like no dog care. Yeah, but well, you'll you'll be amazed to learn they didn't eat the Roman fallen, just the Normans. Wow, that is amazing. Which tells you one of two things. One, the Romans were looked upon by God as as the rightful people. Or by dog. Yeah, the Romans were favoured by God and dog alike. (laughs) Or two, the Normans just taste a lot better than Romans did. I guess it depends on their diet, but I guess the Romans would have more of a Mediterranean diet. The Normans have got more of a meaty, hearty kind of thing. Oh, the, the, the Normans by this point were a few generations on, have been in Sicily. I mean, most of oh, these okay. guys, yeah, very Mediterranean. We, because we're in England, we think of Normans as in yeah. the, the French Normans who came over in 1066. No, these are Sicilian Normans. Oh, okay. They're like the French Normans, but they are just more suave. <laughs> they ate more olives. Better tan. Almost overnight, the empire was saved. The threat is over. Great, said Isaac, finishing off his drink. (laughs) Let's celebrate. (laughs) Quick pint. (laughs) Isaac moves then to reinforcing his claim to the throne by making a few political alliances with his neighbours. King Bella of Hungary is still around. Remember, he was Manuel's friend, was going to be Manuel's heir at one point, uh, until Manuel had his own child. Yeah. Uh, well, King Bella was angry at Andronicus for the coup, uh, so he was only too happy to ally with the man who overthrew Andronicus. In fact, a marriage took place between Isaac and Bella's ten-year-old daughter. What? All very political. Okay. Tight, 
tied the two kingdoms together. Yeah. Nothing is suggested otherwise, and considering this comes from Nicetus, who very much suggested that Andronicus did some awful things, there's no suggestion here. This is a political marriage between the two countries. On top of this, Isaac attempts to gain support from the powerful. He realised that obviously the powerful almost overthrew Andronicus. Well, I mean, they did, because he was a member of the powerful, so... What do the powerful want? What did I want when I was in their position? Um, bribery. That's good. Yeah, bribery's back. Uh, You want a job, you want a position, you want land, uh, titles. Just ask. Uh, Just ask the right guy. Um, Yeah, just just let the cash flow. Uh, We're all up for corruption now. So, yeah, let's do it. Oh, and we also need some money, uh, because the coffers are a bit bare, so tax everyone, says Isaac. Tax everyone. And someone said, what do you mean by everyone? And then he turns slightly and just screams, everyone! In the good old-fashioned people compete for a contract to collect taxes and then get to keep any bonus money that they happen to make kind of collect taxes. All open for corruption, all very... Corrupt. This was done in the provinces, obviously, because that's where you do all the corrupt uh, tax collecting. Uh, Soon, lots of grumbling, especially when it was discovered that the latest round of tax hikes were to pay for the wedding uh, to the Hungarian child. So, uh, we're not too happy about that, especially the Bulgars. The province in Bulgaria, really not pleased. Uh, So, let's revolt, say a couple of brothers. This is Peter and Aeson. They met with Isaac to talk about how the situation could be calmed. We're on the brink of revolt uh, in Bulgaria here. So maybe if you listen, maybe we as, as brothers, as leaders, can calm our people down. If you let us be generals in the Roman army and give us a bit of extra land, which obviously we're used to raise taxes, that's why we want it, yeah. maybe that would help. And who knows, maybe these threats of revolts will simply go away. Disappear. Yeah, however, unfortunately, they'd not even got as far as being in the same room as Isaac when it was made clear to them that this was not going to happen. (laughs) Uh, They'd got as far as talking to Uncle John Ducas, who told them, nay, (laughs) no way. You're not seeing the emperor, you're not getting that. Go back to your homeland, pay your taxes. Aeson grew angry at this, uh, started shouting that they were being treated poorly, so John Ducas slapped him round the face. The brothers left. Slightly annoyed? A little bit annoyed. Yeah. Swearing that the Romans would rue the day. Oh. Oh, yes. Days will be rude. Sure enough, there was a full-blown revolt. It's like the moment they left, just... There you go. The whole area (laughs) on fire. Uh, Yeah. Peter, the elder of the two brothers, was declared Caesar, or Tsar, obviously. Mm. Several Roman cities were attacked. Uh, Isaac went into the region, leading the troops... Um, you'll be pleased to know he didn't set this one out Good. Uh, apparently he was able to get past the Bulgarian troops guarding one of the passes because the sun grew dark and they were able to sneak by in the darkness was it just night time? Oh, <laughs> look <laughs> how the sun goes dark it, it is yes, an sir. omen <laughs> you're right <laughs> his aide just carefully takes the, the pint glass away from him it's time for a snooze Definitely time for a snooze. That's your 18th quick pint today, sir. (laughs) Yes, I know it was a cheeky one. They're all cheeky. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's a solar eclipse, apparently. And the the maths works out. Yeah, there was a solar eclipse at this time. So apparently, solar eclipse, everyone went, oh, look, solar eclipse. They're all telling each other to not stare at the sun. Um, But all at the same time looking at the sun. 
Yeah, yeah. The Borgars then screaming about their retinas, and uh, yeah, <laughs> Isaac was able to just nip past into Bulgaria. He then was successfully able to drive the Bulgarians back far enough that he got all the way to Peter's home and was able to just take a few mementos from his house. I'll have this and this and this and oh, a vase. Ooh. Oh, I wonder what's in the vase. Excellent. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Yeah, but after this symbolic victory, fearing uh, being ambushed in the tricky terrain, Isaac returned to Constantinople to celebrate his victory. Uh, Peter was able to pretty much move straight back in and retake his home territory with very little fuss. Uh, Isaac, not pleased about this, sends his uncle John Ducas to go and deal with it. However, according to Nicetus, uh, Isaac was unhappy with the idea of Uncle John having so many troops. Isaac could still remember John Ducas saying things like, maybe I should be emperor instead of you, nephew. <laughs> yeah. So Isaac replaced John with one of his brother-in-laws. Short story of this part, didn't go well. Oh. <laughs> no, brother-in-law went into Bulgaria and was ambushed by Peter. Okay, bit fed up by this point, Isaac sends his very best general. Branus is up again. Branus! Go on, Branus, you did well last time. Go and put down this revolt once and for all. And Branus was much better. He knew the area was tricky to fight in. It was very easy to be ambushed in. So he was very slow, very deliberate, very careful. It was clear that Branus was the man for the job. Peter started to fear Branus a lot. It looked like the Romans were going to win this. Ooh. However, there was a slight problem for Isaac. In the words of Nicetus, Branus was obsessed by a burning passion for the throne. He held the Emperor Isaacios in contempt. Ooh, okay. Yeah, Branus did not like Isaac. He started thinking, hang on, I'm the hero of the last war. I'm the one sorting this mess out. Surely I should be the one in charge here. After winning a few victories, he goes back to the capital to report, but whilst he was in the capital, uh, he popped into the Hagia Sophia and just thought... Let's see if uh, what Isaac did works for me. Let's see if we could start a, a wee coup here. He seemed to get a bit of well, support in the in the church. I, I was going to say because there's so much tax going on and obvious bribery oh, yeah, corruption. Yeah. You, you you could probably yeah he probably thinks Branus and he seems to get a little bit of support. He does, but not enough to create a mob like Isaac had done. So he changes tack, he leaves the city before Isaac can hear what he's up to, and then he goes and gets some troops loyal to him. Once he'd got his army, because obviously he had a lot of troops under him at this time, he then marches on the capital. Brave. I quote, He promised to reward those who sympathised with his cause, and if they should open wide the gates and admit him inside, they would find him to be both saviour and benefactor, embracing them with open arms. But if, when entering by door, as he did not wish to climb up any other way, he should be opposed and resisted, and if he should be forced at all hazards to steal his way inside and to snatch the throne, he would, with just cause, do them what savage beasts do when they enter the sheepfold by some way other than the door. It's quite a long-winded way of saying he'll try and knock. If not, he'll just burst through. Yeah, (laughs) It's a long-winded way of saying knock-knock. Yes. Yeah. He'd be terrible at a knock-knock joke, wouldn't he? <laughs> yes, he would. 
Uh, the next day, fighting breaks out because people got bored of that and just stopped <laughs> listening to him and walked away. Uh, so he, the gates weren't opened. <laughs> fighting breaks out the next day. It was very close, neither side getting the upper hand. Uh, Branus then managed to convince one of the suburbs outside the walls to go over to his side and then use the fishing boats belonging to this suburb. Uh, because obviously we've moved on enough time that the city's spilling out outside the walls at this point. Uh, so Branus's men get all these fishing boats and they decide to attack the Imperial fleet. Wait, what? Yeah, I can imagine that was the response of some people there. You, you, you want to do that? Sir, 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 I can see a fleet approaching. They appear to be fishing boats, but they're armed with rods. Well, the Imperial warships at first were incredulous that these <laughs> fishing boats would attack yeah. them. <laughs> they scoffed, they did. They pointed, they laughed, they mocked. But then something became depressingly clear. Warships are incredibly well designed to fight other warships. Oh. Not so good at tiny, tiny little fishing boats. So they've got manoeuvrability uh, and... Oh, yes. Yeah. I'll quote, Because of their great length and slowness in turning, the triremes could not at once inflict damage on the adversary. As the fishing boats moved forward en masse, many would randomly surround a single trireme, attacking stern and prow at both sides. What they with? won a resounding victory and raised a splendid trophy. Uh, I don't know. Fishing nets? Fish? Just fish. Have you been slapped by a fish? No, yeah. I bet it hurts though. Bet it hurts. So yeah, they just there. Especially sturgeon. Yeah, just <laughs> quack in the side of the trireum. So they were yeah. with their fish. Cod Almighty. <laughs> uh, the, the boat haddocked on the harbour. Had had docked at the port. They found themselves in the wrong place. Oh, that was a really shark situation. Ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> Yeah, the warships were not quick enough with the Greek fire because they didn't think they'd need it. So when they realised that they were losing to the fishing boats and someone screamed, get crack out the Greek fire, they, they just wasn't in time. Hugely embarrassing loss for Isaac here. However, he could be content in knowing that Branus couldn't get past the walls. These are good walls. Made a brick. Isaac said this and then everyone paused and someone went, where's Keith?" And then Keith went, I'm here, I've got the keys, don't worry. And everyone went, oh, Ooh. thank God for that. Yeah. Does does he have both sets of keys? He's got both sets of keys. Excellent. The walls are up, everything is fine. Is the door closed? The door is closed. It's all oh. good. And Isaac had a two-fold plan. Plan part one. Kill Brannis. <laughs> well, yes, essentially. He would leave all of that to another brother-in-law. This one's called Conrad. Oh, yeah. that's not a Roman name. It's not a Roman name, uh, because he was not uh, Roman. He's a brother-in-law. He's he's from the West. He's from <gasps> Italy. Yes. My name's Conrad. I'm here to fight with y'all. Um, I'm not sure why he'd have that accent, but let's say he did. Yeah. Uh, Conrad was on his way to the East to help fighting the Christian cause in the Crusader States, and he just got distracted in Constantinople when Isaac said, Conrad, do you want to marry my sister? And Conrad went... Yeah, okay then. Uh, brother-in-law to the Emperor. I'll do that. I'm here to find God in it. Yeah, all right. I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Conrad said, fair enough. Um, brother-in-law to the Emperor. Why, why not? Why not? Uh, what's going on? Oh, a revolt. Yeah, okay, I'll help you out with that. Conrad, it turns out, pretty good with the old fighting. <laughs> yeah. Just drink some moonshine and give me a f- six-shooter. 
Yeah, it turns out that Brannus might have been the, the best general in the Empire, but Conrad was more than a match. And Conrad happened to be there. So Isaac said, you get on with the fighty stuff, and I will just be in this room down here. Um, we're on part two of the plan, which is praying to God. <laughs> Wonderful. I will get a crack team of, of prayers, and we're pray to God. I mean, they're pray. I'll, I'll, I don't know. I'll, Have a cheeky half cheeky half yeah i mean we're being attacked i think it's time for halves <laughs> yeah who's the best person to get god on your side do you think pope who are you gonna to go to um no no pope's in rome that's not oh. gonna help um the patrician the patriarch that's what i meant yeah yeah the patriarch uh no no oh. isaac's thinking no we need to get more holy because the patriarch's in charge of the church but that's all pomp and ceremony isn't it come on if you want to get to the real Nuts and bolts of the people <gasps> close to God. Nuns and monks. Not not nuns, monks, but only monks that didn't wear shoes. Because I mean, what? you've got to go for some really hardcore monks. <gasps> yeah. What about the monks that sit on big poles? Yes, you got it. Yes. The stylites. The stylites yes! were called down from the poles. Oh, did they come? Well, I couldn't find out. I actually spent some time time looking into this. Nicetas said the stylites were called down from their poles. Or something similar to that. I don't know whether he meant figuratively, as in they were they called down and they spoke down, or did they actually have to get down from their poles? I don't know. Do you think as like among the stylites, is this like a like when we hear this signal, we know it's time to lower ourselves? Yes, the stylite signal. Yeah, so he he gets a crack team of stylites. Uh, that's why they're up a pole. It's so when there's an emergency, they can fireman pole down the pole. Oh. Or maybe when they don't actually touch the ground, they they go on stilts. Oh, maybe. Permanent stylites. Go yes. where you want, but you're always up at... Oh, genius. Permanent yeah. yeah, so that's what they did. They all got their, their stilts out, and they all, <laughs> all converged on their stilts it's like, in, uh, in the palace. I'm, I'm envisioning you know, the Ent meeting at, um, in Lord of the Rings again. Well, the Ents yes. have a big... It's just like on stilts. Yeah, in fact, I'll tell you what, I'll quote um, Nicetus, where uh, I just paraphrased, but let's actually do the quote. The emperor gathered together those of the monks who go barefoot and couch on the ground, and brought down those who live on pillars suspended above the earth. So, yeah, there you go. <laughs> just imagine that meeting. We have agreed. Brilliant. <laughs> agreed what? That you... Ah, the Emperor. <laughs> yes, 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 I know. Yeah. What about Branus? Isaac's done his part. He's He's got all the, the monks and the stylites together. So, what do you think he did? Threaten No, no, no. No, he went for a pint. Oh, I've got one. Yeah, of course. Quite literally, he went for a feast. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure there were pints of liquid there. He went for a feast. Um, a very annoyed Conrad burst into the feast. He'd been very busy organising all the military matters. Uh, and he, he burst into the feast and uh, saw Isaac just filling his mouth. So he said to his brother-in-law, the emperor, would that you showed the same eagerness in attending to the present conflict as you do running the banquets. Uh, and Ooh. slightly embarrassed Isaac, lowered his pint glass, and just put it down, and said, ho there! <laughs> Which is definitely a three pint response. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> At the proper time, yeah. we will both eat and fight. And then call for shots. <laughs> Sours for everyone. But then Isaac donned some chain mail and went out to talk to the troops and gave a speech, which was probably quite a roaring speech because he was <laughs> half cut. With that, 
Conrad then led the Imperial forces out of the city walls to take Brannus on head to head. If we can believe Nicetus, Conrad and Brannus met personally on the field of battle. Do you think the uh, Isaac was really annoying to, to Conrad? Just like, before he's like oh, no, have one shot, just have one shot. Like, on, all the way there. Yeah, fine. Come on, it'll loosen you up. Come on. It's like, no, yeah, no, no, I need to, no, I need to fight. <laughs> I need to focus. Go on, dude, take the edge off. That ain't bourbon. I... That ain't moonshine. Yeah, so uh, the battle starts. The two leaders apparently meet each other, which straight away makes you question literally everything Nicetus has ever said, because this doesn't happen. But oh. apparently it did, and we get a bit of detail. Apparently Brannus's lance glances off Conrad's armour, but Conrad's lance caught Brannus's helmet in the cheek guard. So, like, just inside the helmet and just tears away Ooh. at it. Brannus, force of this, is thrown from his horse. That's the kind of incident that would make you wake up at, like, three in the morning and go, oh, my God. I am sure Brannus would have loved to have woken up at three in the morning at some point. Oh, no. <laughs> because he landed on the floor and then he was just run through. So, victory, because that's how it works. Defeat the, uh, the leader, uh, everything else crumbles. Celebration time. <laughs> Isaac ordered a large feast, and... <laughs> Beer tasting for everyone. You'll be pleased to know, he ordered that the doors and the windows of the palace be thrown open as wide as possible, so all the people could look in at the celebrations. Oh, Look, poor people. <laughs> look at us celebrating. Huzzah! We do this for you. We think of you when we're quaffing. The head of Brannus was also at the feast, which is nice. Yeah, uh, it was thrown around like a ball all through the evening, apparently. Nice. At least having fun. Yeah. Uh, and then sent to his wife. Oh. Nasty. Yeah. yeah. According to Nicetus, Isaac then ordered Greek fire be used against the suburb that had sided with Brannus. Yeah, that is Greek fire against a part of his own city. Yeah, you get the feeling that the party had gone on for a while at this point when he decided that was a good idea. Yeah, it's before whiskey, but you're sort of... Yeah, you've had a few shots. It's like when you got the Amazon app on your phone. <laughs> it's, it's just like that. He's going to wake up drinks. and regret it. That's yeah. what he's going to oh, say. No. Not immediately, because he's forgotten about it. Yeah. <laughs> just just when, when he smells What's the smoke. Smell? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I ordered the burning down of part of the city, didn't I? Damn it. Damn. Yeah, so so that's not good. He also let it be known that uh, if anything happened in that part of the city, guards would turn a blind eye. Feel free to do some looting. Uh, Conrad, by the way, decides after this it's perhaps time to move on. I mean, I was heading east. I'm meant to be doing the whole, like, crusader thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know if you've heard, like, Saladin and, like, Fall of Jerusalem. And uh, so I'm, I'm going I'm to pop over there and I'm going to kind of fight and leave you crazy crazy people yeah. yeah just just here so i'm off um so he does he heads east to go and become a leader fighting saladin where he has a fascinating life which unfortunately we have literally no reason to go into but a couple of highlights just because there's some good stuff in his life um conrad was a few years later in charge of the city of tyre when saladin himself besieged it saladin no dummy, realised that one way to get into a city is to pull a Andronicus. And uh, he happened to have Conrad's father prisoner, because Conrad's father was already in the east, that's why Conrad yeah. was heading over there to meet up with his dad. Um, so yeah, Saladin pulls out Conrad's father and tells Conrad, open the gate and I will spare your father and you two can rule the city under me. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. Conrad slowly raises a crossbow points it straight at his own father and said the old man's live long enough. That, that takes some balls. Yeah, 
Sal- Saladin was horrified by this. I we've not gone into Saladin much at all. I think I've mentioned him once, but Saladin knew his knew his onions. He knew what he was doing with Saladin. Yeah. Uh, we will certainly be talking more about him in the future. Uh, but this is said to be one of the things in his life that really shocked him. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> That's not what you were supposed to do. Yeah, Conrad then goes on to fight against Saladin in the Third Crusade with none other than Richard the Lionheart of England, whom he fell out with quite badly. Uh, It was was quite a bad political fallout, debating who should be the king of Jerusalem, or not really Jerusalem, but over there, who's in charge. And then, finally, he was literally assassinated. Literally assassinated. I mean... The assassins assassinated him. Oh, as in the Arabic. Yeah. Nice. Who hired the assassins is a mystery. One of those historical mysteries that I'd love to cover. But again, not his episode. But it could have been Richard of England. It could have been Saladin. It could have been any number of people. But one person it was not was Isaac. Because he is too busy having a pint. And also it's his brother-in-law, so he probably shouldn't. Uh, But anyway... Back to Isaac, because we shouldn't be talking about uh, Conrad, but I wish we could, because he is a very interesting person. Anyway, back back to Isaac. Um, Obviously, I've just mentioned the Third Crusade, because that's not happened yet. I jumped into the future there, but it is very much building at this point in our narrative. That's very much bubbling on in the background. Um, There'd been some more fighting in Bulgaria. Isaac's still trying to put Peter down. But then, word is received from none other than the Holy Roman Emperor... Frederick Barbarossa, who we have come across before. It's a great name. Nicita sums up what's happening here quite pessimistically. <laughs> the conflicts with the surrounding barbarians, so the Bulgars, whose duty was to chastise us, had but subsided when the evil beyond our borders, Frederick, the King of the Germans, burst in upon us. Yeah, hello! So, <laughs> Barbarossa, in his message, essentially said... I'm coming through, by the way. Something needs to be done about Saladin and the fact he's taken Jerusalem, so make sure you're ready for us. John Ducas was sent to have words. What do you mean you're coming through? Uh, In the end, however, it was agreed. Barbarossa would make sure that he didn't do any pillaging as he came through, and Isaac, in turn, would make sure that there was no reason to do any pillaging by making sure there was plenty of food. Good call. So you're supporting the army, you're supplying them. Yeah. Essentially. However, (laughs) for various uh, political reasons and lack of communication, this truce does not last very long and everything starts to fall apart. Isaac was very paranoid that Barbarossa was in talks with the Bulgarians and the Serbians. Most likely because Barbarossa was in talks with the Bulgarians and the Serbians. Yeah, diplomatic relations break down between the two sides. Promises were soon dropped, and before anyone knew it, Barbarossa had taken over a city, Philippopolis. Oops. How did that happen? (laughs) I mean, here we were. We were standing in a field next to a city. Someone said, what city's that? Someone said, Philippopolis. Everyone laughed and went, what a fun word to say. And then we were all going, Philippopolis, Philippopolis. And then the next thing I remember... It turned to a chance. and then- <laughs> yeah, and then, then we were marching towards it, and uh, and then we, we accidentally killed 3,000 Roman soldiers and took over the city. I mean, it happens. It does. I mean, you, you, you head happens. into the city, you head to the tourist centre, and then... Yeah. Honestly, we were just going to compliment them on their great name for a city. Yeah. But, oh well, we're here now. In Constantinople, Isaac hears of this, and... Uh, is a bit annoyed, so he arrests the German envoys that happened to be in the city at the time. Um, that's a no-no. Right. You don't arrest envoys. 
Barbarossa hears about this, so writes to the Pope suggesting maybe, just maybe, that taking the heathen east would actually fall within the remit of a crusade. Oh, I mean, dear. they're not really Christians, are they? I mean, they've got all sorts of nonsense going on. <laughs> Can we just, like, chalk Constantinople up? Can be good old Western Christian, yeah? Things were escalating quickly, as you can see, and yeah. Isaac realised this. So, let's pull the brakes here. More envoys sent to Barbarossa. Maybe maybe this is escalating too much. Why don't we call bygones bygones? I'll provide food for you once more, and in exchange you will cross over to Anatolia, but not by Constantinople. You'll, you'll take a different route. You'll go at least a few hundred miles yeah. from the city before you cross over. Oh, and you can have your envoys back. I mean, most of them still have their eyes and everything, so... <laughs> At least one. After months of tension that looked like it was going to explode into a full-blown war, Barbarossa finally passes over into Anatolia. After weeks of vicious fighting across the land, the Western Roman Emperor reached the bottom of Anatolia, which is currently being held by the Armenians, remember? There's been a bit of fighting there recently. The Armenians received him with honour. Uh, that's brilliant. We heard that you really annoyed Isaac. That's great. In you come. Uh, so they had a nice time, and then they set off again uh, towards Antioch this time. Uh, Frederick Barbarossa is at the head of his army, and he was, like, right at the front of the army at one point. And they went over a crest in the hill. All right. His men saw him go over the crest, Yeah. and then suddenly him ride off at speed. So... They all charge up the hill. Well, where's the emperor going? They get to the top of the hill themselves. They look down to see their emperor half-drowned on the shore of a river. That's gonna... Yeah, it's not really clear what happened. Either his horse threw him or he lost his footing. Um, but, yeah, he seems to have just drowned. He's about 70 by this point. Oh. So, yeah, he's quite old as Barbarossa. Yeah, fair um, So, something happened. They tried to revive him, but he died. Obviously, we will go into this in a lot more detail if we get to his episode <laughs> yeah. in a potential series three. Uh, but Barbarossa is dead. A huge blow to the Third Crusade, which now had to rely on the likes of Richard the Lionheart, who is uh, making his way via sea, much to the relief of Isaac. Mm. Incidentally, if you're listening to Rex Factor um, and, you've d and you're listening to Richard the Lionheart's episode, when he's going over, he stops off in Cyprus... Cyprus at the, this time is being held by Isaac Komnenos, the Isaac that Andronicus thought was the Isaac going to revolt, not our Isaac. Right. See how it all links? It all it links. It does. It's almost magical. It does. Anyway, Isaac receives word that Barbarossa is dead, and he probably wasn't too upset. Because he's also dealing with a couple of problems. Let's let's not worry too much about this third crusade. I'm really not that interested because uh, let's check the diary. Oh yes, uh, coup, coup, coup. Lots of pigeons. Swift pint. Yeah, more cooing. Yeah, they were popping up all over the place. Uh, usually nobles or family members of the Komnenos family. Uh, Nicetus doesn't go into details of all of them. But he writes, the causes of these frequent rebellions was the feeble manner in which Isaacios governed the empire. Isaacios was absolutely convinced that he had received the throne from God, and he alone watched over him. The emperor's indifference in directing the empire's affairs aroused the ambitions of power to open rebellion. So in other words, he was too busy banqueting and not caring. Hmm and other people tried to use that. So when he wasn't plucking the eyes out of men who were plotting against him, a lot of eye-plucking went on. Uh, he was 
also dealing with the ongoing revolt of the Bulgars. Uh, a couple of times he headed out personally at the head of the army, so all credit there. With his brother, Alexios, remember his older brother? Yeah. Haven't mentioned him since the start, no, but he's still around. Well, he's going to be emperor soon, so... Well, yes. <laughs> he heads out with his brother and his uncle John Ducas in an attempt to put down the revolt once and for all, really. Uh, however, after being in the area for a couple of months and getting nowhere, Isaac decides it's only sensible to declare victory and go home. Because that's what you do when you're about to get bogged down into a war. Uh, fair enough. No, no, declare victory and go home. I've pre, I've pre won. It's fine. Yeah. As I have mentioned a few times now, this area notorious for being very ambushable, I believe the word is. Uh, one day they were marching through a pass and they heard what no one wants to hear. Stand and deliver! <laughs> yes. No, no one likes yeah. Adam and the Ants, so... <laughs> no. The Bulgars are now all dressed like <laughs> Adam and the Ants. <laughs> Apart from Peter, who sent the message, I want us all to look Georgian, and something went a bit weird. It's like, that's not Georgian, that's a weird mixture of Georgian and and the 80s. What is going on there? Fine, it will have to do. The Romans are coming. Quick, positions. Why the face paint? (laughs) (laughs) The Romans were going through the pass, and then all of a sudden, thousands of Bulgars stood up and did that, that dance move. (laughs) (laughs) They put their arms together and started marching towards them. Why why are they singing about Prince Charming? I have no idea what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, the the Bulgarians had sensibly waited for the uh, front part of the army to pass. I'm sure they have a a name. The the front guard? The advance guard? I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm not a military man. Uh, The front front (laughs) bit of the army had gone past. uh, And they had waited for the main section of the army, which had the emperor in. And that's when they sprung the trap. I will quote here. The Romans were hard-pressed by the throng and sustained many casualties from the stones rolled down upon them, and they gave way to flight. As a result of the confusion, each man attempted to save himself, but they were as sheep shut up in a pen. Isaac's bodyguard storm to action. They swarm around him, they hack their way out of the killing field. Isaac just about manages to get to John Ducas, who, he was very pleased to see, had managed to get some fast horses. So they jump yeah. on the horses and they flee. All very embarrassing. Well, yeah. Still, back in Constantinople. How, how did it go, sir? Well... Had have a notice. <laughs> There's not many men with you. <laughs> Yeah, um, huge defeat for the Romans. Uh, the Bulgars felt their time had finally come. Instead of the guerrilla warfare tactics that they had been using, they became bold enough to venture into Roman land and attack major cities. Uh. Isaac, thoroughly sick of all of this by this point, appoints a cousin this time. Go and sort out the Bulgars for me, please. I mean, he's tried with brother-in-laws and uncles and all sorts oh, yeah. in the past, yeah. but now, now it's time for a cousin. This man's name is Constantine, by the way. Constantine was young, he was uh, cocksure, he was. He had a spring in his step. Um, and he did have some success. He was put in charge of the region entirely and was able to push Peter and Aeson back. In fact, the most successful general in this war since Branus. So that's looking good. That's looking very good. If Isaac was pleased about this, it was short-lived, however, because Constantine decided that if he was the best general in the Empire, then perhaps he should be in charge. So, he declared himself Emperor, and he marches on Adrianople. 
Uh, however, some of Constantine's friends clearly did not think that this was going to end well, so they grabbed their friend one day and then headed towards Isaac, saying something along the lines of, Here, here, here's the traitor. I know we're his friends, but we didn't sign up for this. Please, please, can we keep our eyes? Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. say... <laughs> yeah, Isaac had his cousin's eyes removed. So that's that coup gun. That's why it's called um, Isaac. Yes, that is one of many coups. There were quite a few like this, but I decided not to go over every single one of them because they're all quite similar to this. Uh, anyway, the Bulgars are rejoicing at this point. They've really been struggling against Constantine. Uh, Peter joked that they should make Isaac king of the Bulgars because none had done the Bulgars such a favour. By this point, Isaac was done. He was fed up. <laughs> this is rubbish. I used to just sit around in my villa, have a nice drink. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, occasionally go to the theatre. I don't know, go to the races. This is hard work. Is, is this the first emperor that's going to quit because it's just too much effort? <laughs> it's just too hard. He doesn't quit because obviously he still wants to be the emperor. I mean, there's a lot good about being the emperor. But what he does do is he goes to an uncle, not... Not John Ducas, he's far, far too ambitious. He goes to another uncle and says, Do you mind just running the Empire whilst I have a cheeky pint? Uh, this is a man named Theodore, another Theodore. So uh, Theodore agrees. He takes over in all but name. He was said to be a very skillful administrator. And soon enough, the Empire was starting to run over quite smoothly. Now, Theodore, interestingly, didn't have the use of his legs. So Why? he was often... Uh, it's not really clear. Yeah. It just says he didn't have the use of his legs. Maybe he didn't have any legs. He did, he did have legs, as far as I could tell. He just didn't have use of them. Uh, so he was often carried around the palace uh, by servants and often was carried into the throne room um, and Isaac and Theodore discussed affairs of the state, or rather, Theodore told Isaac what was going to be done and Isaac went, yeah, yeah, fine, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. That's good. Have you tried this porter? <laughs> However, this state of affairs did not last long Because unfortunately, Theodore uh, was not a well man Possibly linked to him not having used to it, of his legs uh, And he had a stroke and died Oh, Yeah, uh, so Isaac was upset But he'd really enjoyed Theodore taking over So he looked for another This time, it was another youth called Constantine Good Ten a penny back then Yeah Constantine was young, but he also knew how to hold on to power because he ordered that the doors of the palace be shut. He ordered that no one was allowed to see Isaac without his say-so. Essentially, he shut Isaac off and made sure Isaac had all the food and alcohol he wanted. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Right, Isaac, you're now going to live in the cellar with the beer thugs. Yeah. Here's a straw. <laughs> Here's I'll check up on you in... A week, <laughs> Isaac slaps his hands together, robs some fantastic. This is why I pointed you to be yeah. my number two. That's brilliant. Yeah, um, so Isaac fell more and more into the pleasures of being the emperor. And the empire was run by Constantine, and the fighting was handled by the two generals in charge of eastern and western forces, uh, almost all of whom were constantly putting down the Bulgarian fighting. That f the fighting with the Bulgars just goes on and on. <laughs> One day, after hearing of yet another defeat of his forces, Isaac once more decided to go out and end this once and for all. He's been partying a lot recently, but it's about time I actually go and sort this out. 
So I'm going to lead the troops myself. Hick. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine my look on his general's faces. Yeah. Oh. So, sir, sir, he keeps going back for Dutch courage. <laughs> <laughs> While on campaign, which was going about as well as usual, uh, he went to stay in a city where the leader was someone known to Isaac. Uh, he was also known to be a fortune teller. Oh. Isaac thought, I'll go and have my fortune told. It's a last in store for me. Lots of lols, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nikitas, I know that you personally will be very, very pleased, uh, is not impressed. Good. Here he met with Basil. The latter led a strange life and was believed by everyone to have the power to prophesy, to foresee the future. But his predictions were never accurate. Mm. His words were erroneous, contradictory, and enigmatic. Although many of the things he contrived were laughable, he attracted nonetheless the cattleman, the plowman, and the rower. He would examine the breasts of women who came to him and scrutinize their ankles and make nonsensical observations and vague predictions. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Basil was just a perv who claimed he could predict the future by examining women's breasts. Awful, but there is an element of genius in that at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) He did not reply to the majority of questions put to him by those who came, and his successes were achieved on false pretenses and by moving from place to place. So apparently he just went from city to city, and when people finally got fed up with him fondling people (laughs) and trying to predict the future, he just went to another city. But apparently Isaac thought, oh, I'll give this Basil a go. I'll see if he can predict my future. But when they met, Basil just cantered around the room making strange noises, trying to grab the emperor's hat, and then turned to the wall where there happened to be a portrait of Isaac on the wall. Basil scratched the eyes out of the Emperor's portrait and then just stood still. The Emperor, who regarded the man as quite mad, removed himself thence. (laughs) Nice. Good use use of the word thence as well. Yeah, Isaac just does the Homer Simpson backing into the head. Yeah, yes. Oh, Oh, dear. (laughs) Yeah. But many saw this as an omen. Many saw this as a sign that Isaac's time was coming to an end. Uh, One day shortly after this, Isaac readied to go hunting. He invited, as usual, those high up in the court, including his brother, Alexios. Alexios, however, said he was busy. Fair enough, thought Isaac. I'll just get ready. I'll start getting my things together. And what's that noise? Why are the troops chanting? Why are they chanting my brother's name? Oh, dear. That's never a good sign. It's really not. He, he looked out the tent flap. Oh. It's like when we had a live show and I started chanting my name. Yeah, yeah. I it's, had to get out of the bathroom window, Scarfish. It was, yeah, it's quite scary, actually. Yeah. Probably got flashbacks to when Stephanos was uh, in his courtyard screaming his name. Uh, it's like he, he realised he needed to get out of there. So he jumps on a horse and he flees. However, he realises that there's no getting out of this one. Yeah. He's the emperor. There were portraits, so people are going to recognise him. And sure enough, although he managed to cross a fairly deep river, which gave him some time... <gasps> it was a damn fish, wasn't it? 
Anyway, he wasn't a the trout. He's a rainbow trout. Emperor. It was rumor. That's what it was that got him, because rumor spreads fast, and rumor that Special his brother fish. had revolted had already reached the town that he tried to hide in. Ah, fair enough. He was apprehended. His brother gave the order, and I will quote: "At the monastery in Vera, Isaac looked up at the sun for the last time, uh. and his eyes were soon gouged out." Mm. Nice. And I'm stopping there. Oh. And if if you know what's going on in this time of history, you might have expected to hear a little bit more, because he does pop up again, because he's not dead. Uh, but I thought about carrying on and thought... I Spoilers, but this is no Justinian II. <laughs> uh, yeah, he pops up again, but... Some people claim he had a second reign. I certainly wouldn't count it if it was just him, a standalone episode. I'm not counting his second reign. Uh, you'll see what happens. It will make more sense. I don't think anything would happen there that would affect us scoring him. Okay. So we're going to end now. Right. But we will see Isaac again. Oh, good. He'll be able to raise his pint glass one more time. <gasps> He'll miss his mouth, though. Bless him. So, that's Isaac. Should we raise him? Yeah. Fightius Maximus. Um... I mean, it's not great, this, is it? I mean, it's a bit of a mixed bag. He did actually go out and he did some fighting. He led armies. Yeah. It's more than I've done. It's more than a lot of our emperors have done. More than most, probably. Yeah. Um. Sometimes he even sort of won some small victories against the Bulgars. Or, more to point, his generals did. But most of his reign was him losing to the Bulgars and then being intimidated by Barbarossa as the the German forces swept through his land. However, let's not forget he started his reign by pushing back the huge Norman invasion. This invasion was a kind of extinction-level event invasion for the Roman Empire. This could have wiped them out completely, but he pushes it back with well, what seems like relative ease. Yeah, but they... Is it because of their own doing, though? Because they decided to split up. If they had to split up, probably they would have won. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. But you get the impression if Andronicus was still there things would have been worse. Isaac gave the city uh, a renewed sense of, of purpose Right. the army was organised under Branus. Uh, things went better than it was going to be and uh, you cannot deny the fact that the Normans were defeated so that's big yeah. I, I mean could, so just an additional point, can we put into fighters he, he chose generals well well actually probably not because they're both revolted but um, <laughs> like he chose effective yes, generals did. What I'm saying is that this is not a no-nothing round, no, but not. it's not good either. No. Um, but pushing back the Norman forces is big. Not being able to defeat the Bulgar revolt, not great. I mean, I've, um, I've already got my score. I'm thinking a... Go on, you say yours. I'm being a healthy four. I was thinking four as well. I was no. thinking not quite half marks. That is eight on this round. Next. Atrovium Crazium. The big one, he set fire to a portion of his own city because he was in a mood. <laughs> or drunk. Yeah. I mean, th that that's not good. That's really not good. But, I mean, I, I, there's probably method to it, though, because if you, you say this part of the city, this area, you're, you have these things, I'm going to set fire to you. This is a message to everyone else. So it's... There's logic to it, I yeah, think. Yeah. I don't it, think it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's, it's still not good, it's, though, is it? No, it's not good at all. God, no. It's, a, <laughs> it's not good. I say it's more opprobrium than crazy. Yeah, okay. I mean, we sometimes give out points for uh, cooers, and he, he is a cooer. That's true. He's a pigeon. 
but he was very much a pigeon being dragged along by one wing. <laughs> yeah, he did right, not yeah. set out that morning to, to coup. It kind of just <laughs> happened around him, which is why usually the start of a dynasty, you start a dynasty with a really strong emperor, usually. That's true. <laughs> really not the case here. No, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. yeah. He put out a lot of people's eyes, but to be fair, a lot of people were cooing. They were trying to dethrone him, and that's like a standard punishment at the time. Mm. And that's that's about yeah. it, really. I mean, you could maybe give him points for the execution of Andronicus and how awful it was, but you get the feeling that was more the the mob rather than yeah, than Isaac. I think so. I I I I'd happily give him maybe two, not too high. Oh, he did order people to fire upon his own mother while she was sat on a battling ram. Was that his dad? No, no, that was him. Oh, it was him. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he did ask them to miss. So yeah, again, that's yeah. more problem. Um, I okay, okay. I'll give him three for that as well. No, oh, yeah, I was looking three as well. So there's nothing huge, but he definitely picks up a few points. So that's three points there. Okay, next. Success, ultimate. I'm not going to say how good he was. I'm going to let Nicetus tell you how good he was. And Nicetus, we've actually caught up with uh, Nicetus being alive. So Nicetus knew Isaac. He right. was there. The Emperor, like a runner on the long course, or racing in the stadium, stopped running the course of excellent government right at the turning post. For he was unable to complete many circuits around the track of virtue. As soon as he began to tire, the intensity of his efforts flagged, and he transferred the bridle and reins of the Empire from one official to another, so he might avoid the weighty responsibility of governing the state. So in other words, he, he, he partied and he let other people get on with it and they didn't do a great job. I mean, they weren't awful, but it no. wasn't great. But on your CV, you'd put, I'm good at delegation. You would, you definitely would. Uh, the empire shrinks under him, uh, the corruption multiplies. He did very little to stop anything. Um, it's just not good. And the whole taxes thing as well. So, oh, what? Yeah, I mean, the the revolt in Bulgaria started because of the harsh taxes which he brought in. I mean, yeah. it's... The Empire's undoubtedly in a worse place when he finishes compared to when he started. But do we give him zero for that? Because it, he didn't... It's not a car crash. No. I, I don't think He I... manages to tick things over a bit, but it's just not good. No. I, I think with the link, and I know we shouldn't do this, but the link into Cessus, he stopped an invasion... Yeah, I think maybe like a one or a two. No, I'm gonna give him three. Three? I'll give him two. No, I'm giving him a two. He was awful. <laughs> two. That, that is four for this round. Image of He had a ruddy complexion and red hair. He was of average height and robust in body, and was not yet forty when he was dethroned. Oh wow. Yeah, remember he was quite young. Yeah. Uh, he was roughly our age for most of his time as emperor. Bloody hell. There you go. Manuscript picture. That's a wonky nose. It's a very wonky nose, isn't it? It's wonky eyes as well. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot wonky about him. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I mean, the beard's quite straight. Yeah, I quite like but his beard. But everything else is wonky. That's the kind of beard I would like. It is it's quite a good beard. You should get a beard like that. That's that's what I'm going for next. That sort of shape. Because he would have been about your age there, so... Yeah. That's what I should be like. Break my nose a few times. That's what you could look like. Brilliant. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of wrinkles. It's obviously very stressed. Maybe it was the hardened drinking. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's it's fairly typical. I'm going to give some bonus points for just how wonky his nose and eyes are. Um, but it's nothing that we've not seen before. It's all fairly standard. Yeah. Six. 
I'm giving him a seven based on his beard. Cool. Okay. So that's 3.25 for this round. And how long do you think that lasts? It felt like a good couple of years. Um, I know sometimes things are very condensed, so it's like it feels like it's that went for ages, but it actually turned off like a year. Um, I don't know, I'm going to say like four years. 11.85 to 11.95. Oh. Oh, yeah, it lasted a good ten years. Wow, okay. Yeah. That, when I said there was lots of fighting with the Bulgars and there were quite a few coups, that kind of glossed over a few years. Um, but, yeah, so ten years. That's pretty good. It's not bad, not bad. Ten years of non-stop partying, uh, but then you have your eyes plucked out. It's swings and roundabouts. Yeah. 1.25 for this round, which gives him a total score, Jamie, if you would do the honours. 18... 21.5. 22.5. It's not a great score. I'm going to check this because I don't think that was good. You know how we are. <laughs> in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. 22.5. Yes! Oh, Get that. in there! 22.5. Which is... It's not great. It's not great. Um, but maybe a Je ne César will... Cheer him up a little bit. Let, let's discuss. Let's see. Do they have a certain well, I've got to say, um, the only thing cheering him up will be the alcohol. Yes, definitely. Um, I mean, you, you've got to feel sorry for him slightly. Uh, yeah. We have only ever come across one other emperor who didn't seem to want the job, and that is the amazing Theodosius III. Oh, yeah. Yeah, who was literally dragged, almost screaming, into the job <laughs> from his fishing village. Um, but uh, I don't want to do it. Yeah, I mean, this isn't quite the same. Nicetus does tell us that he did want the job, but he didn't want the effort that went with it. Uh, so, but you do get the impression he really wasn't that fussed. No, he just can't get it. Sorry, that is a no from me. That's a no from me. Oh well. Well, so there we go. That is the first of the angels. Got two more. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't bode well, does it? No, I was going to say, it's not, it doesn't feel much like a dynasty. One's a brother. What, <laughs> what What do you think is the worst that can happen to the Roman Empire under this dynasty? Well, the worst is that it would end. The second worst would be used a lot of land, prestige. You're basically a laughing stock. So you're not taken seriously. It obviously can't end because we're not near no. the end of the podcast. I think. It, no. I think so. It won't be that bad. I think it loses prestige and loses importance. Right. Okay. So as long as nothing like crazy happens, like it becomes the UK now, as we are. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens to the empire coming up shortly. Mm. But that is next time. That's when we do his brother uh, Alexios III, who I, I kept quite quiet about this episode. Yeah. Otherwise, we wouldn't have much to talk about him next episode. So. Yeah. So that is for next time, however. Yeah. Uh, thank you for listening. And don't forget, you can download us on Poppy, iTunes, Stitcher, and Amazon, and lots of other things. Yeah. Spotify, all, whatever. All the things. Yeah. Thanks for us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Yes. It's good Great. to see you all. All that needs to be said then is. Cheeky half. Yes, please. Yeah. Goodbye. Goodbye. Sir, the Bulgars, they're here! 
It's, it's an ambush. We must flee. I can't leave. I can't leave them behind. The men will die for you, sir. Come on. It is our duty. No, I am their emperor. I need to go back and protect. But, sir, they're going to swarm us any moment now. We've only got a small window to of opportunity. To hell with the ambush. I need to go back. Let go of my arm. Fine, sir. I'll come with you. I'll come with you. But we must go. Hurry, sir. Hurry. One last stand. Quick, follow me. Under the branch. Step over the hole. Quick, duck, duck. Duck under that. Duck it. Quick, duck, duck, okay. duck. Yes, duck, 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 sir. Okay. This really is not ideal terrain to be marching through. It's really not. Okay, right. Let's, let's skirt around this mild swamp. Okay. Sir? Yes. I can't help but notice you're actually leading us away from the men. Men? Oh, yeah, yes, yes, of course. Quick, follow me. Uh, okay. Right, just around this massive singing nettle bush. And here we ow, are. Ow, 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 Oh, for sake. When, when you said you can't leave them behind. Yes. You meant this, didn't you? Yes, my three cans of Guinness and a bottle of apple sours. Fine. Crack one open, then. Whee!